We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about navigating life, love, and relationships, one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 136 of Married Millennials. Joy and I are a week into our beautiful Greek vacation. And so instead of recording an episode while we are enjoying our vacation, we decided to prepare a special Q&A episode where we can address some topics that several of you either emailed, DM'd us via Instagram, sent a text, whatever the case is. So we're going to take this entire episode and dedicate solely to you. Yeah. If there was a question that you want to ask that you forgot to ask, you could still send us an email, info at lovejays.com, or you can shoot us a DM, and we'll be happy to address it again later. In a later episode, Maybe we'll totally. do another Q&A episode when we're living our best life on another vacation. Yeah. I like Q&As. I think they're fun. And, you know, for most of the time, we're just talking about things because they come up for us. So it's nice to know what you guys want to hear about, too. So thank you so much to all of you who sent in the questions. We're going to start with the lighter questions, and then we'll get into the, the, the bulkier questions. So the first question is, what classic throwback song is guaranteed to get you dancing at a party? For me, I don't have just one song. I am an R&B cat. So Anytime a good 90s R&B song comes on, like you better believe that Jay Riles is hitting the floor. Yeah. Like that's, that's I know that's I know accurate. you want a specific song, but it's like I I I cannot move it to just one song. I can't. 90s R&B, it's the whole That's genre. That's fine. I feel like for us, it used to be like a guaranteed situation for the both of us would be Pretty Ricky Grind With Me. Oh, you know what? No. I lied, babe. We do have a song. Is it Pony? No. What? What is it? Tell Me When To Go by E-40. <gasps> Tell Me When To Go. Oh, I can't believe. Yeah, it's pretty much guaranteed I'm going to drop what I'm doing. Yep. Go get hyphy that, on the floor. That's the, and that's both of us because Joy and I go dumb you're, you're right. every time. You're completely right. That's the song. I knew I had something. I'm like, what's something where if it comes when I'm in mid-conversation, I'm like, hey, I'm sorry. I have to go do this real quick. Tell Me When To Go is one of those. Tell like, Me I, When To I, Go. I, I do not ignore the calls of the drums. Dun, dun, yes. Dun, 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 dun. And you know what? Dun, 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 now that I got to say that, so 90s R&B really gets me in the mood. And, and but it doesn't get you to get the me dance out of the seat. But for sure, Tell Me When To Go. Wipe Me Down. Because I'm throwing wipe me down. Wipe me down. Get me wipe me down. I'll do it, but I'm not pumped. Wipe, wipe me down gets me, and then wobble. <laughs> yeah, wobble, I'll show baby. Up wobble. I'll show up for that one. Yeah. So but tell me when to go. But that wobble is not a throwback because it says throwback. Okay, throwback song. Tell me when to go. I think it's it's over ten years now. Oh, ten years old now. So it's a throwback for sure. Uh, yeah, I'll say that. And then what's I, I? Do I have another one? What'll get us to the dance floor now? Our wedding song. Will nobody plays our wedding? No, no one plays it. But anytime it comes on, sometimes it comes on Pandora. I'll do the cha cha slide. It's time to get funky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do get up for that one. Yeah, that that's about it. For some reason, like jagged edge wifey gets me excited. Ooh, too close by next. Oh yes, that's another one. Peaches and cream. Yes, all those. And then like oddly, like any Ja Rule and Ashanti. I'm also hyped. Put it on me. Yeah. Where would I be without my baby? baby. Like, I, and, on my and I don't even me. know if I'm like dancing. Or, uh, 
You're but just I'm, like, I'm just like wrapping in the center of the floor. Yeah. Got you, got you. If that's what we call the job world. That's yeah, the stress wrap, right? Tell me, when, <laughs> so like, tell me when to go. That's definitely yeah. the winner. Yeah. All right. Good job, babe. You pull that one. You pull that one together. Okay. What is your go-to pick-me-up for a rough for rough starts in the morning? Meditation. Yeah. I'm the exact same. Meditation. If I'm really, really stressed for me, even this morning, I went for a jog outside. Jogging outside does something for my mental clarity that nothing else does. So I, I would say jogging outside and meditation are... Yeah, med- meditation is my, my jam. Like if I'm really stressed in the chest and I can feel it, yeah. and you just have that emotional knot, there's one meditation for sure that I can hit, like a 10 to 15 minute one, and it just resets me, mm-hmm. calms me down, and it's just like, okay, yeah. like I, I can breathe. Definitely meditation. And I'm going to throw this one in there for free. At nighttime, it's a bath for me. It's an Epsom salt bath with candles lit, bubbles, essential oils, the works and I'm just unwinding. And for me, it's a '90s R&B playlist. Yeah, and I like when I'm, if I'm yeah. in a funk and I'm just at the house, I have to just throw on some '90s R&B because I know every song and I can sing to. I don't know every song because I know some of you like, well, you know this cut. No, I don't know all the cuts, but I know you know quite a ninety-five percent of the cuts. And so I could just find a good playlist and I put that on, and it always lifts my spirits. All right, next question: Dark colors versus light colors. Which do you prefer to wear? Ooh, dark colors. I stay in blue, black, and gray. Like this, like my staples. I got on a gray shirt right now, recorded in a black shirt earlier, yeah. or it was like a blue shirt. I black, blue, and gray. You can almost always find right. me wearing. I it. wear a lot of black, a lot, but I really do appreciate color too. I I would say just based off of my habits, it's probably black. But I'm just more attracted to black. But I feel good when I'm wearing something like red or white. or So I don't know if I would say that's my favorite, but I, I am the most drawn to it. And I, I think it's also because we live in Los Angeles. Like black is the uniform, like New York. You just kind of, and every like time, you do neutral. Yeah, and every time I go out to the store, I'm like, oh, babe, look at this shirt. And it's a blue shirt. What I've learned with my style is I've used pants as my pop of color. Right. So if you often see me, I will have colored pants, green pants, different shades of blue pants, yeah. burgundy pants, khaki. I, I try the, to express through colors in my pants. But the question is, dark colors versus light colors, which do you prefer to wear? So, I, I prefer I to wear dark, dark, dark colored colors, shirts yeah. and, I will, light and light pants. colored pants. All right, that's fair. But like, if you look at my staple, dark far yeah. outweighs. I'm, I'm going to go with dark too. I, that's, that's the truth. If you got a tattoo of a quote, what would your tattoo say? Ooh. There's so many good quotes. I don't oh, know I if just, there's one quote that I can this pull. This is just off the one that I liked head. today. So we're just gonna say for today. I like this one. It says, You are not a drop in the ocean. You are the entire ocean in a drop. And that's Rumi. Oh. I do like that because I think Rumi has bars. Bars. Um, you know what? There was a there's a good one. I can't let me see if I can find it. There was a good one by Marianne Williamson who is the author of the Divine Law of Compensation or the Law of Divine Compensation, and excuse me. And also Return to Love. What is... And also Your Greatest Fear is not that you're inadequate. It's that you're powerful beyond measure. She has some bars, but maybe it's not a That's the thing is there's quote. so many... I really do like quotes. I collect quotes, and Justin does too. I, I collect them in a different way than you do. You collect them in a very organized fashion. I write them down random places and lose them. Uh, but I do, I try to... 
I, I, I try to be positive and yeah, I don't. I just, have, I, I don't any have, inspirational quote, I'm down for. Yeah, and I don't know if I would necessarily tattoo a a quote on me, uh, but I, I, there's a lot. I don't. I don't have one that just sticks with me. Purpose over profit. That'd be my quote. Oh, <laughs> actually, Loki, I don't hate that. Yeah, that actually. Probably, I mean, I do, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, that actually. Now that I think about it, like if I had to do it, like something like that, it's just purpose over profit, and that's the reason why I created the company. Is it's just a reminder to continue to to pursue your purpose. Yeah, and eventually the profits will follow. I think if I were really, really committing to a tattoo, I would like do the phases of the moon down my spine. Like if I was that's really, legit. Really. Yeah, I'm more of a symbol guy. I think I would do more of a symbol than words. Mm-hmm. I like art. If I if I yeah. had to go with an ink on my body, some type of, of art. But yeah, I like purpose over profit. That'd be kind of dope to have. Like purpose over profit. Yeah. Just a, a steady reminder to keep you humble. Right. But yeah, any any good, wise, just sage. Something you mm, needed to remember. That nom nom advice. Like keep going. Like just just something simple that I would do that too. Or I, I know I would. I wouldn't get a tattoo of that. I'd just you know put a reminder on my phone. But <laughs> I think that's why neither of us have tattoos because it's just hard to decide. I'm not anti-tattoo. I actually think a a, a dope tattoo is dope. I'll say because sometimes I think people have tattoos and they're just weird looking. So I, I do want to say this. Speaking of tattoos, and and if you're one of these people, like please like let me know. But if I'm going to get something put on my body that's permanent it's going to last for the rest of my life like why would you not invest the money that it costs to go find a good tattoo artist to give you tattoos like i understand that sometimes you may really want ink and so you just got to go lowball it but like you're getting something that is permanent that you're going to have for the rest of your life like i i think you should just save the extra 500 to a thousand and go to somebody who you know is going to give you dope ink like i just i don't understand the the backyard tattoo yeah. I, I just help me understand, please. Right, I agree. Next question: Which person is most likely to win a game of ping pong? Justin, definitely me. I'm ten whoop- out of ten times. I'm whooping that ass. Twelve out of ten times. And I will issue the gauntlet to ping pong. Yeah. I am very, very good. You're good at ping pong. I am a very good above average ping pong player. Like there are like the excellent ping pong players. Yeah. I'm not one of those, but I am at the top of the above average list of ping pong players i'm whooping joy's ass yeah in almost any sport at all i'm winning yeah that's accurate there's there's yeah i'm not even mad about that that's very true um sweet potato or pumpkin pie look this this didn't y'all know y'all know the answer to this question if you show up to my house with some pumpkin pie take your ass home yeah Sweet potato is the only pie. It's the only nationally it's the recognized only pie, pie by us <laughs> that you could bring to the crib. Now, of course, you can apple and boy, there's a different berries. But are you are you trying to bring some type Berry? of spice, some type of something? Sweet potato pie. Don't show up. Don't show up to the crib with no no pumpkin. You pie. You know, I I've had pumpkin pie before that was like pretty good. But it is no. It doesn't compare. Comparison. And people, are like, oh, you got to try this pumpkin pie. No, no it's I'm not no hyped comparison. about nobody's pumpkin pie. No comparison. But you know, pumpkin pumpkin is is doing its own thing and it's good, but it should not be compared to sweet potato pie. I think it's just because it looks similar, but like taste wise, it's not even close. Sweet potato pies running circles Sur- around, laps, swimming yeah. laps. Yeah, Michael Phelps on y'all. 
Like, come on now. Yeah. And if you never had sweet potato pie. I feel like people who are like, I like pumpkin pie better haven't had sweet potato yeah, pie. Yeah, I ain't had no black folks sweet potato pie. That's the problem. Yeah, like real sweet potato pie, not not like from the store oh, or something. Oh, now I'm craving some sweet potato pie. I know. I got to figure out the way to make a vegan one, you guys. That's that's another. There's the, there's the vegan spot. Remember the, the vegan spot in Inglewood? They had the sweet potato pie. But it still wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't, it. No, it it wasn't, wasn't it. the same. So no, it you're right. I, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to figure it out. Which person is most likely to hog the covers? Joy all day long. I'm cold natured though. Like I'm cold all the time. So I just like to like snuggle. Joy stays hogging the covers. And what's worse is these two gremlin of our dogs that we have that are actually sitting with us while we record. Yeah, they never sit with us. Yeah, we typically put them in the bedroom. But Ollie was over here losing his mind while we were recording our previous episode. So we decided to be nice Mm -hmm. and let them join us today. And they're actually being really well behaved. But because they're in the bed too, they take up space and want to cuddle all tight. And Joy just... Steals covers. Not only does she steal covers, she steals real estate in the bed. She's just a bed hog. This is the thing. Justin stays on the same. We've, we've had this conversation. You stay on the same sliver of bed. Why am I supposed to leave it there in case you roll over? You don't. So I just spread out. Disrespectful. Like We got a bigger bed. We got a king-size bed so we didn't have to feel like we were on top of each other. And but still, we're not, even though you were breathing in my face this morning. Well, I did that purposely. Why? I just rolled over. I wanted to give you love. <laughs> well, thanks for that. See? Look, look, you always say you want love, and then when I'm breathing in your face, it's a problem. Well, I mean, you know, straight first thing in the morning. <laughs> Sometimes yeah, it's a little right. It, 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 is a little, it is a little hot. Morning <laughs> breath. Ooh, who's, like, day, who's, right morning, who's morning breath is worse? Ooh, it really just depends. I, there, it's both. It's, it's awful. Is that equal? Yeah, I think that's... Your morning breath is bad. Yours is... God off. Like, okay, now now y'all know what's bad. Do y'all ever had a morning breath? Like when you you know when you get up in the morning, you leave the bedroom to go do <laughs> and something, you and back, you come and back worse. into your bedroom and you just smell like morning. Yeah, like, God dog. And you just yes. gotta open up the windows because it's just yes. not fresh. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Some folks like I've been to people's houses like and they don't open, they don't open windows. windows. Yeah. Like if you if you're how. I'm judging the fuck out of you. I'm gonna just be real honest. If you're yeah. one of those stale ass house. Oh, yeah. Y'all know what stale house smells and feels like. Yeah. Oh, like you walk in, you just feel like you can just take some <laughs> scissors to the funk. It's just no circulation. Your morning breath has woken me up before. <laughs> like, off of that alone, I want to say yours is worse, but I know that it's probably about even. Yeah, that's bad. Because your nose is. But help me understand. Right? Like, you have yeah. to open windows. Like, one of the first things Joy and I do be open all Open the blinds windows. and yeah. open windows. Like, yeah. you, you got to get you the air moving in. That's just important. Yeah. I remember yeah. I had a cousin who lived with us for a little bit, and he would never open his window in the bedroom. And I remember one time I walked in, I was like, yo, cuz. That's unacceptable. This is not like, I can, I can it's just smell like, you. St- yeah, stale, smelly. Yeah. Oh. You know, here's the thing. Humans oh. don't smell good. Like, we don't. That's why we have perfume and toothpaste and all that. Like, we don't naturally just smell amazing. So, you know, you got to air stuff out, take all the showers, brush the teeth, use the mouthwash, floss, all that. All oh that. It's gosh. very, very important. Now you just want me. I don't want to open all the windows right now. I just feel like I'm just hearing myself talk right. and my breath leave my body. I'm annoyed. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I need air. Right. Night shower or morning shower? Hmm. I'm more of a morning shower person. I'm, I'm a boather. I have to do both. Yeah, you, you are a boather. I, I, without a doubt, I'm going to take a shower in the morning. I don't always take a shower at night. 
but I've gotten a lot better with my night showers. Joy is slowly getting me to become a bother. Yeah, I can't really sleep well if I don't shower. Like, I really won't sleep well. I feel like I'm rolling around in filth and germs from the day, so I can't, I can't do it. But then, like, to do my hair, because I have wash and go hair, and, like, get my day started, I feel like I need to, like, wake up in the shower. So one shower is significantly shorter than the other, because one of those is, is definitely going to be just to get my body clean. But... You know, and another one's like I just kind of like sit into it and it's my real shower. So I think my real shower is typically at nighttime. So I would say like maybe I'm a night. No, but I'm both. I'm, I, You're I'm, both. Joy yeah, is a shower. I'm not going to skip out on no, a shower. No, you take mad showers. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Disney movie? Favorite Disney movie has to be Lion King or Toy Story. Those are, those are my two. My favorite, uh, well. Toy Story 3 made me cry. So it's like I feel like if a movie makes me cry, it's just got, it's got to be. We saw that together, didn't we? Yeah, was, I didn't realize that wasn't your favorite. That's Pixar, though. It's Disney. Okay, fine, we'll count it. How, uh, how do you how do you not count Pixar as The Incredibles not a Disney movie? No, it's Pixar. It's it's Disney Pixar, but like it's so, you can talk to anybody. It is in its own lane. Oh my it's gosh. A, a Pixar is its own thing. Okay, you got, but you know what? Yes, you get it. Okay, Toy Story, got it. All right, Ooh. Toy Story three. So for me, it's Parent Trap. With Lindsay Lohan, that's like my this, this is my all time favorite. I don't know why it just is. Um, I know all the words. I used to sit there and quote it uh, when I was younger. <laughs> that's bad. Yeah, and I, I really like Aladdin too. I was gonna say, and then second is Aladdin. That's that's my those are my top two. And if I had to pick a third, Little Little Mermaid maybe. I, I think seen it'd be that Little Mermaid. In it. Yeah, I think that's my my other one because she's a mermaid. How fascinating is that? So yeah, that's real. So yeah, those are those are my top three. You you feel solid on yours? Yeah, I'm gonna stick with mine, even yeah. though you say it's not a real Disney movie. Well, no. but I would it's say Disney no, Pixar. It's a Disney movie. My top Pixar movie would be Incredibles. Got you. Well, to me, they're in the. I'm putting them in the same. Yeah. Okay. Edna mode. <laughs> Name a book you are currently obsessed with. Oh, go ahead, Miss Obsessive. So I just read, you you guys know I love my YA stuff, and there is an author named Sarah J. Moss, and I have a, a book club of sorts. Uh, I have two friends who we are, the three of us are obsessed with uh, Sarah J. Moss and everything she writes because she's just really good at YA, like romance and fantasy and like, you know, the Fae and Warriors. I don't know. It's just good. I know I'm not selling it, but it's good. The very first book she wrote, I, I, I don't love as much, but if you could get through that one, because she was 16 when she started writing the series. Like, she was That's hell ridiculous. young. And now she's 32. And she like, just you're out here offering books at 16 years yeah, old. This, this, what, are you, what are we doing right, with our lives? She, I mean, it wasn't published. Like, that version wasn't published, but she, she started this as a very young, per, as a teenager. So, but the, but the, the, series has matured so much so she just released her last one kingdom of ash and i just finished that and that was 980 pages of like amazingness it's actually one of uh my favorite books that had a war in it because it actually had battles a lot of fantasy books you read 
you know, there's like, okay, there's there's a war coming. And then there's like one big fight and then it's over. And it's like, kind of like, okay, that's not how war works. This one had all the battles. I liked that. Um, so for fiction, I would just say the Throne of Glass series was well done. I also like, um, it's called Akatar, A Court of Thorns and Roses. I like that series. Same, same kind of thing. Like the first one's like, okay, but that second and third, you're in there. Okay, so nonfiction... I, I'm obsessed with conversations with God. I, I will tell everybody to read it always. And those are my, well, I guess those are three. You can't ask somebody who reads a lot what their favorite is. I am a nonfiction reader. That's literally all I read. I, I want to read a good fiction book, but I just have no motivation to read it. The book that I just finished, I just finished Richard Branson's book, The, the Virgin Way, mm-hmm. which is really, really good. I just love his style of leadership and, and how candidly he talked about how he runs things in his company. The book I'm really excited to start that I haven't started yet is by James Clear. It's called Atomic Habits. Yeah. I have been subscribed to his blog for years, probably three or four years. I've seen him speak. The guy is just dialed. Like, I just love dialed mm-hmm. people, and James Clear is dialed. If you subscribe to his blog, he sends you two articles a week, and every time I learn something new, every time. Like, he just hits you with science and facts, and ju- oh, it's just so good. And I have his book. I haven't started it yet, but that is the, I, I'm salivating knowing that it's going to deliver because James, James Clear delivers on every blog post, so I can only imagine how good his book is going to be. Like, I know it's going to be Amazing. Good. That's the vacation read. Yes, it is. Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you don't know who James Clear is, just get your life get with the together and subscribe immediately. And it's also featured in the weekly wellness newsletter, so if you want to subscribe to that, he's He's just dialed. All right, next question. Which house would you be sorted into if you got accepted to Hogwarts? Gryffindor. Yeah, same. We're, we, we've taken the test. Yeah, we are, we are Pottermore official Gryffindors. Yes, we are. I identified heavily as a Gryffindor before, and I, you know, was I had taken all even random online tests was Gryffindor, and then I was at another book club, mind you, because book club something that I do, and we were talking, and they're like, "Well, are you Pottermore official?" And I was like, "No," because I was kind of afraid that it was going to tell me I was a Hufflepuff. Um, not that there's anything wrong with Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff is, Hufflepuff is strong in their own right. I just didn't identify as one and didn't want to be told that I was a Hufflepuff. Uh, but nonetheless, I took the test and I got, oh, that rhymed. Nonetheless, I took the test and I got Gryffindor. So, you know, I want to, say, I want to, I want to go back just a, a quick second. I, I want to just make this announcement is at the beginning of the year, I set a goal to read 12 books. Yep. A this in 2018. And I just finished my 11th book of the year, and I am beginning my 12th book. And I am so excited that I am going to accomplish my goal. And I know for some of you who read a lot, like 12 books in a year is not a big deal. Keep in mind, just three years ago, I wasn't even reading one book a year. I didn't read books. I was an article guy. Stayed on the internet, never read books. And last year is when I started to get serious about it. I think I read six or eight books. Mm-hmm. And this year, I just finished 11th going on 12. And I'm going to reach my Goodreads goal. And I am so pumped. Like, this is a huge deal This is a deal huge deal. Me. Good job, baby. Huge deal. Yeah. So I'm I just wanted on, to share that accomplishment. I'm on 32. This is my 30. Or my th- I'll be on my 33rd book. Yeah, Joy just kicks my ass when it comes to but reading. It's, but I, it's a hobby. Like, I feel like you're doing it for... Education. Yeah. 
definitely. Yeah, and I, I, I go back and forth between the two. And actually, this is the first year that I've really done that, and it's making me read slower. You can blast through fantasy and fiction, but it's hard to to blast through these informational books. No, like, you, can't. you can't. Yeah, no, it takes. Like, I have to sit and let the information digest for a while. So I, I get it. Thanks I totally time. get it. All right. Who wins the most bets? We don't really bet like that. We don't. I, but I, I'm going to say me because I'm a bet on myself. I'm a winner. I mean, and the, I mean, case in point, the ab challenge. Uh, you I you won, won that. that, yeah. But we really don't bet that often. I'm right a lot, and Justin will say like, "Okay, I stand corrected," but I'm only bold if I know I'm right. You there, think you're right a lot of the time when you're not right. I so am let's right put a lot of the time. I am right a lot of in the time. In your mind, you think you're right all the time. I said a lot of the time, not all the time. There are okay. times that I'm wrong. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. But yeah, we're not big. But I'm not, we're, we're not, not big betters. No, not not big but, betters. I mean, but I'm, but if we have to bet just, what, on ourselves, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm the winner in that category. But yeah, probably. Because <laughs> I'll just be like, ah, oh, it's no big deal. It's hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. If you had to pack a bag and get on a plane right now, where would you be going besides Greece? I would be going to. Bora Bora, Tahiti, without question. Oh, yeah. That is where I would be. I'd be in a hut Mm. in Tahiti on Bora Bora at the most luxurious hotel right there looking at, like, without question. Yeah, the Maldives. Yep, in the Maldives. That's That's where I'd be. Aren't they the same? Is it the same? Maybe it's not. No, I don't think it is. But yeah, Tahiti Bora Bora is where I'd be. Maldives is right there. I mean, I'm not complaining about that. And then also Bali. I I really want to go to Bali. So that's we're gonna make Bali happen. Bali's gonna happen soon. But if you had, if you woke me up out of my sleep right now, where you want to go? Say where you're going. Yeah, and I probably would have said Bora Bora. Yeah, and just oh, I've also heard Vietnam is like the like the sleeper spot. Like it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. See, my thing with with vacations is I want to see like all the best amazing oceans. Like that's my obsessed with oceans. I'm obsessed with beaches. Yeah. I'm. I love them. Like, I love. Beaches. I do like a good beach, but the the truth I don't know is what it we is. don't get in water like that. So we'll, we'll you know let our toes go. No, in I, I don't need to swim. But you're not like a, a big nah, swimmer. I'm not, I'm not a swimmer. Ocean. I just love. We used to more when we were younger, and then something happened and we stopped. Well, yeah, you become an adult. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's what that's what happens is you realize we're proper black people now. <laughs> exactly, you just realize that the ocean is the going ocean, to win a hundred yeah. out of a hundred times, and it's just like you know I don't need to battle the ocean, right? So I'll get in there and I'll do a little bit. You know, there was a time we went to the to Malibu not yeah, too long we ago, playing but we were playing waves, and dove yeah. in. So we have our moments. We were, yeah, we had fun. We, but we I had did to, like, get knocked down. <laughs> I like hit my head on the sand. But wait, I, I do want to kind of take. I mean, me if out. we if we go in Greece and find beaches where I can like see my feet and all that, like I'm yeah. going to be swimming all yeah. up. Yeah, I mean it'll. Yeah. So anyway, that's. I love beaches. Like those are just my oh. Do you my jams? Beaches love you. They do. All right. So now we're heading into the the more in depth questions. The first is, how do you handle having a different belief system within a relationship or the evolution of a belief system while in a relationship? I mean, we're, we're currently in the evolution as we speak. Yeah. We both came, what was interesting is, you know, we talk about this uh, a little bit in the 15 must have conversations before saying I do. When we touch on spirituality is Joy, you know, had made a comment when we got back together that she wasn't interested in continuing our relationship if I didn't have a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Like that was one of her major things. And I grew up Christian, always had a relationship, but I was just fighting at that point in my life. Yeah. So 
I had to just get more solid back with my belief system, and that allowed us to, to propel forward. But now we have moved away from a religious practice, right. still believers in God without question, but I wouldn't necessarily define I us think as we, religious We've gone now. from like spirit, relig- religious to spiritual Definitely. is what I would say. And not in that, yeah, and I think because I can relate from when I was super, I don't know if I was ever super religious, but I was, I, I, I wouldn't hesitate, hesitate to say like, oh no, yeah, I'm obviously religious. Um, when people said spiritual, I won't say that it scared me, but it was too vague for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like, okay, but that's not a real thing. But now that I've experienced it for myself, I, I feel the closest I've ever felt to God now than I did when I was more religious. And I think it's just because I removed the structure of how to approach God. Like my relationship with God is is um, so much easier now. It's more tangible. Yeah. And I, and I would say med- practicing meditation has really helped with that. And the book that Joy talked about, Conversations with God, it just really yeah. changes your your view yeah. on how you look at it. And depending on where you're at. And, and again, you know, to me, both Joy and I, hold this belief is you know, whatever spiritual practice that you believe in, great. You know, I think you, right. we, whatever works for and you. And it took me a while to get you. there. It does. Because I, I used to feel like there, whatever spiritual practice you believe in, fine, but I'm right. Like correct. that's religion that's is, how it felt. Re, yeah, religion pits other religions against each other yeah, all the time. Very, I'm right and you're yeah. wrong and, mm-hmm. and I'm no longer of the belief of you're right and you're wrong. This is how you receive God's love and this is you know, your practice and I'm not here to say that you're wrong. I may yeah. believe and practice something differently, but to say you're right and I'm wrong and say, well, the Bible says this, it's like, okay, but if someone doesn't believe in the Bible, your answer can't be, well, the Bible says this. That's right. your religious teaching. That's right. your religious doctrine. Yeah. So it just becomes... It Which becomes is respected, little... but they're all they're also like other religious doctrines. I think you can't say tell, tell somebody, well, the Torah is not accurate because it doesn't include everything that that's, you know, from... Not Leviticus on. What, what's the, oh, the, the Deuteronomy? Sure. Don't get me to lying. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Do not get me to lying. Right. So anyway, I'm just saying that you can't. I I, I genuinely you do can. feel. <laughs> yeah, I genuinely do feel more filled with love now than I did when I was more religious. So, all right. Next, what's the difference between lowering your standards and compromising when dating? As I get older, I'm 35, I feel like I'm needing to change my quote-unquote won't-dos so I don't decrease an already small pool of men. I, it goes back, it's, it's a balance. I think there's sometimes when we're younger, we have a more stringent list of qualifications we want our partner to fulfill. And the older we get, the more accepting we become of character flaws and realizing that you know what was maybe important to us at 25 is not as important to us at 35. I can confidently say at 29, there are things that I do not care about that I cared about at 21, 22. And there are things I couldn't care less at all about 22 that I care a lot more at 29. Um, so it, it's really a balance. I think the, the biggest key is not compromising who you are as a person. That's the, the biggest motivating factor, the driving factor in how you date is if you have to compromise who you are at the essence of you, your core values and beliefs to date somebody or put yourself in a pool of, of people where it's more that you could get, you know, you can hit the target a little quicker. That's where I would, I would challenge why are you compromising? Because you can't, you can't run from you. 
You can try to run from you, mm-hmm. but eventually you is going to always catch up to you. So as long as you aren't compromising who you are at a core level, I think you can be more flexible with your sacrifices. I think that's, that's great. I don't have anything to add to that. That's about what I would say. Next question. While dating, how have you guys put God in the center? What does that look like? I would love to hear our podcast on putting him in the center. I'm in the journey of doing the same. So, I mean, we just touched on, I I think the only way to have God at the center of your relationship is if you have God in the center of you. So if if it's not something that you have personally, you cannot have it in your relationship. Like, and, and if you have it on a personal level, it will come naturally into your relationship. And I think you have to figure out what having God means. So having God doesn't mean for, for me, I had to figure out, okay, God, having God is action based. Is this person being loving? Is this person being kind? Is he, um, is he respecting me? Like that's, those are the things that I felt viewed as godly traits. And that is why I was so focused on relationship, him having a relationship with God, because I wanted to, I wanted him to consider those things when, when approaching me. Interesting. And see, for me, like having, you know, God first in our relationship is that I want a partner who believes that there is a higher power in place. Right. That there well, is that too. Like, yes. like then that's like for me is and then being able to, to, to connect and, and drive and realize like this isn't all by chance. We're not just here and floating throughout the world mm-hmm. aimlessly. And that was important for me is that you you subscribe or you believe in, in, in something bigger than yourself. And that is important to me because I definitely believe that there is a higher power, which is God. Like, right. It's, it's real to me. I, and I've, I'm, I'm on that end of the, the coin too. But for me, I just think that, you know, putting God in the center because it's, ta- it's talking about God as a verb. I'm trying to figure out the way I want to say this. Like actively having God in, in, the, in the center, not just like I believe in God and you believe in God too. Got you. You know? So and, that's, that's... And just so you're saying like using the traits. Yes. That, yeah. And, and like... I, I, actively got you and and, and that makes God-like sense and i think it's and that's how it is for us i think it's different for a lot of people some people who are maybe very into their spiritual practice yeah I mean, it's they going to bible to, study yeah together, it's going like, to bible study it's going to church every week yeah so it all depends on the level in which you practice and that's why it's, right. for us it's important for you to define what your spiritual practice is and define how you receive or you commune with God. Mm-hmm. And if that is acceptable to you and if you are okay with how your partner communes with God. And, yeah. that, and that's like a, a thing I wanted to touch on back to, you know, how do you deal with the, the evolution or changes in relationship or changes of spirituality within a relationship? And I think it is important to be equally yoked in the sense that both of you need to have a similar or shared understanding of what that belief is. And I know some people are married or in successful relationships and they have two completely different religions or spiritual practices. But my concern is always, you know, when you have a child, what do you then do? Well, dad is a religion. Mom is B religion. Like, what do you teach your child? Do they do both? Do they have an acceptance of both? Do your religions conflict against each other? It's it's, it's almost like a political belief. Mm -hmm. You know, not you know, not necessarily the same, but if like there's 
certain beliefs that you know you hold if you are affiliated with a certain party that I'm like, okay, like I don't really <laughs> necessarily agree with that, but you can find middle ground. Um, so I, I do think it's important to have some type of, of steady, consistent ground that you guys can at least see eye to eye on. You don't have to be walking right. the same plane, but I definitely think you, you need but to be balanced in, that, in some type of way. I think it depends on how important it is to you because True. there are some people who are raised certain religions and they like loosely believe in it, but they don't feel like they necessarily need to pass it down to their child. Very true. They're like, oh, well, they can choose whatever they want, but like I'm, I'm this religion. And that's, so I think it really just kind of, de- it, it, it's not really a black or white answer. It's, it, can, it, it can be whatever you choose for it to be. That's, that's the real answer. What is some advice you would give a newly married couple? Ooh. <laughs> Become friends. Mm-hmm. Find your friendship, develop a friendship. That is the number one advice I would give is, yes, you're a husband and wife. Yes, you guys are romantically connected, but you have to have a friendship in place. If you guys are not friends, if you're not like, that's the homie, like we kick it, mm-hmm. you need to develop that. And if you don't know how to develop a friendship, look at your best friend and figure out what you guys do. Mm-hmm. You guys call and talk to each other about anything and everything under the sun. You can laugh. You guys do adventures together. You, you do all of those things. That's what you have to do with your partner. So I would 100% say develop a friendship, like without question. And I would also say sign up for 15 must-have conversations before saying I do. Boom. <laughs> and I would say... Uh, to have the most patience that you can. Like just be patient and understand that it's going to take time for you to to develop a rhythm of, of what your marriage will be. You know, not every marriage is the same and you have to figure out what that, what marriage is going to be on your terms. And, and then you have to communicate that to your partner and then they have to come back with what marriage is on their terms and you got to see how that fits together. And then you, if, you, if you're like, oh, actually that doesn't fit what I was thinking. Okay, so you have to constantly rework things. I think that's what we struggled with the most in the for beginning sure. is just figuring out what worked for us and not having that power struggle because you there is this... there's not a real breakdown of the individual, but it feels like you're breaking down the individual. And I think that you both kind of want to hold on so tightly to who you are as an individual that it's like, I'm not going to sacrifice everything for this hole. And then the other person's like, well, I'm not going to sacrifice everything for this hole either. And then you're beefing for no reason. So that's why I'm saying if you could just have the most patience as possible and then um, understand that it's going to take time for you to develop yeah, how your relationship's going to be. For sure, and being willing That'd to compromise. Better. That's yeah. a, a big thing as well is that you but have... But not too much, and even that takes... No, it, it does, but I, I can say that we were able to do all these things because our friendship was there. So even when we were battling heads, like we can just be like, yo, come on. Like right. We got we to figure this out. So it's like when you develop, when you develop that, that deep, intense friendship with each other, like your romantic side improves too. Right. So become, become homies. Like If that's not your best friend, y'all need to become best friends. Right. So this next one's it's a longer one, and it's about celibacy, so I'm going to kind of paraphrase it. So she wants to know, was it easy to refrain from sex? That's part one of the question. What are some things you did to wait? That's part two. And what are some strategies that helped us collectively wait? That's four. Was, or three. Was it easy? No, but it was easier than I thought. Yeah. And this goes back to discipline in, in your mind. And once we made the commitment to each other and I made that covenant with God, like we were going to do this, we weren't breaking it. So on that point, it was easy. But like, is it 
easy to go three and a half years without sex? No. Obviously not. No. But it was easier. Uh, I feel than like I people don't believe me when I say this. It's really just a matter of making a decision and sticking to it. Like Facts. that's that is the key to really any discipline. But like celibacy, especially, you just have to make the decision and stick to it because your body's going to be doing stuff. Like it's not like you're like, okay, well, I've turned off my sex sex organs. Like <laughs> I'm not going to want to have sex for however long. Like that's not how it works. If you're remotely attracted to the person that you're, you know, abstaining from, then you're going to want to have sex with them. So you just have to decide not to. Like, that's the key. I, I, I wish that it were easier than that, but it's not. But it is easy once you both are in it to win it together. Definitely. Because you hold each other accountable. And I think that's really how we got through it is that he wasn't budging and neither was I. And that, and I would so. say that was the strategy. Yeah. Was the accountability. It yeah. was holding each other accountable. Yeah. Like, this is what we're going to do. And knowing when our body and our temptation started to move it was like turning our backs to each other because keep in mind the entire time we were celibate joy and i lived together so we shared a bed the entire time throughout our our celibate journey right like that is not easy which was that wasn't a problem for me because i could cuddle but there were just some times where you just want to you just want to thrust like you want to just throw your body at each (laughs) other yeah you just want (laughs) to throw your body at each other it's natural I, it's a natural feeling. You know, I have, whenever Justin's like super nice to me, it gets me like hot and bothered. I don't know why. But you would think that he would be super, but not overly nice. Because I know when he's just trying to get it too. But but he didn't have that when we were celibate. He was never just trying to get it. Like that's why he was emotionally the most supportive and nice when we were celibate. Interesting. You You would get it more now. If you could just channel celibate, Justin. Shit, I, I look. You can't channel that. I was like you constantly. Had, you got to live on. that. There's no channeling yeah, that one. You got to just live that. But I was like constantly turned on. But I would, and then you just tell each other what you want to do, and and that's it. Yeah, sometimes you got to let the the fantasy in your mind live out. Yeah. So we we answered all the questions. I think. Let me see. Was that it? Okay, this question is for Justin. When Joy told you that these were her standards, standards, was it easy to follow suit because you guys did it already? Uh, so you knew what you were getting into. Yeah, I mean, once you when you decided so to commit, so basically we had already had sex. So she wanted yeah. to know, like, was it easier? Yeah, well, when you commit yourself to someone and you guys go into this decision together, it becomes easier, and it just goes back to everything that you know we just talked about. It, it wasn't difficult because we went in this together, and we knew both of us that it was going to elevate our relationship to the next level. So I wasn't upset or thought it was going to be hard to do. It was just like, okay. Here's the decision. We're going to stick to it and make it happen. So the next part of her question is, it seems so taboo in our society and culture. What would your advice be? What's taboo? Sex? Celibacy. Celibacy, I mean, it is taboo because we're a sex-crazed society. And to me, if, if that's something that you want to practice, you, you got you to gotta be open with it. Yeah. You got to lead with it. Like if you're on a date, or I, I wouldn't say it's probably first date thing unless it comes up. But like if you're getting to a point where you know, you're getting serious, you may be going on two or three dates. He's like, oh, I just want to be honest with you. Like, you know, I'm, I'm celibate. This is what I'm doing. And I firmly believe celibacy cannot work if both people are not committed. It, that's it, the truth. It can't work because yeah. someone can agree to it. But then what happens is you just create resentment 
and then it eventually breaks down. It worked for us because both of us were committed to it. Um, so just like any taboo topic, sex, politics, money, religion, like you, have to, you have to talk about it. Yeah. I think things become taboo because we're uncomfortable with having the conversation. But it's like you, you have to be uncomfortable having difficult conversations. That's how you grow. That's how you learn. So it goes back to my earlier thing about like not sacrificing who you are. If being celibate is core to you, and you can't sacrifice that. There's nothing, there's nothing to, to be taboo when it's core to me. Like, this is who I am. This is what I believe. And if the person you're dating doesn't believe in that, that's perfectly acceptable. You just move on. Right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> I think this is the final question. Speaking here. of moving on. Yeah. This yep. Is the, final question. Last question. All right. When you first got married, did either of you experience any difficulty with family members accepting or adjusting to you two being married? Or was there any type of challenge with both sides of the family becoming one? If so, how did you handle it? Fortunately, we didn't have to to deal with that. Uh, It was, I mean, Joe and I were together, what, eight years before we got married, so we yeah, had people been had a, adequate time to adjust. Yeah, we had been around each other for so long. Our parents knew each other. I, I felt like I was one of the cousins. I still consider myself like I'm on the cousins' text with right. Joy's cousins. Yeah, like I, it just feels like we're a, a part of the family. And I think that just fortunately we got lucky uh, from that standpoint because you don't always get along with each other's families. That's a, a real thing. You're yeah. not going to like everybody you meet. You know, just because their family doesn't mean you're going to like them. And, yeah. and fortunately that, you know, I get along, but Joy gets along with my side we of the family. Really fit, fit I get along in, with yeah. your side of the family. And I will say, even the places that we don't necessarily fit in, we are accepted. Definitely. <laughs> There's some side eyes that get thrown, it's but like, it's still love. Yeah, but again, we've been around each other's families for long enough that they're just like, okay, that's just... And I think what's helped is that both Joy and I are unapologetically us. Right. And it's like, this is who we are. Like, there's no, there's real no surprises. Like this is, you, you, mm-hmm. what you see is what you get. And it's like if you don't like it, oh well. Like we're not we're not yeah. changing, we're not compromising to make you feel comfortable. And I think people respect that. They're like, all right, well, shit, that's just an joy. Yeah, it is. Right. Like, take it, take it or leave it. And I think here's the, the the other thing, and I it's a hard truth, but you have to be okay with people not liking you. Facts. So it's it. it I mean, like, it's really tough, obviously, if it's somebody's, like, mom or dad. But if it's somebody who's removed from, from like, you know, a, a parent or sibling, then you're okay. Like, if it's just, like, oh, my auntie, the auntie doesn't like me. And in this case, I know there was another part to her ca- uh, question with the cousin. So, I... You, you have to get to the point where you're just like, okay, I'm. this isn't going to matter. Because someone not liking you typically unless it's everybody if everyone has collectively decided they don't like you you might need to look in the mirror yeah, facts. But, but if it's like one person it's probably them for sure it's probably them so so yeah I, I, I know that's maybe like a harder truth but you just sometimes have to be like alright well I'm sorry that you're missing out on all this awesome. <laughs> keep, keep it pushing. Got to fall 100% in love with you. Yeah. But thank you guys. Yeah. I mean, we appreciate all those questions. Fun. It's the first time we've ever done this. I think we're going to have to do some more I Q&A know. episodes. It's nice to be able to answer direct questions that, that you guys have. Um, but we're going to go back and continue our beautiful Vacay. vacation. Even though we recorded this before we went on the vacation. But just know that we're already in the mindset because when this comes out, we're going to be living our living our best, best life. life. Ain't going back and forth. At all. We're not yeah. going back and forth. I'm going to be going Gotta back and forth with there. these waves yeah. in the ocean. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.